so I have a reading from the lectionary. Kendall read from the gospel lectionary reading today, and I have a, a short snippet from the Romans lectionary, uh, chapter 6. So hear this with me now. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We hear the voice of God in these words. Thank you. So we're here today in all different forms, but we're here. And we have this opportunity to affirm Brittany, like Kendall said, to symbolically lay hands over her journey, over her very clear call as a faith leader in these times, and over her future ministerial endeavors. All these things we collectively bless. Can I get an amen? <laughs> as we enter into this moment, I want to make a couple of acknowledgments. First, I want to remind us, like we just saw through Brittany's spoken word, that today really is much bigger than ourselves. It's connecting a past and it's connecting a future in this present moment. It's more than one solitary ordination. Today we're participating in the work of reimagining ordination in such a way that continues to carve out a new path for our children and for future generations, one without limitations that many of us may have known. When we reclaim traditions like this, traditions like ordination services, which have been perpetually exclusive in the past, and when we breathe new life into them, we change the course of the future to be more reflective of the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but to me, this sounds a lot like the work of Christ. And it's happening right now, in this moment, with all of us. I also want to point out and acknowledge that this weekend is the weekend of Juneteenth. I was working on my sermon on Friday thinking about that, and it wasn't our intention that Brittany's ordination would be on this particular weekend. We had originally intended to gather in March, and the pandemic forced our hand, and we had to cancel. But here we are in this moment right now, and this moment is intersecting with a holiday that has traditionally celebrated the emancipation of uh, enslaved African Americans in our country 155 years ago. Most of us know the story. On June 19th, slaves in Texas first learned that they had been freed two and a half years earlier. And we recognize in a similar vein now that the work of liberation is nowhere near finished. It's nowhere near finished in our country from Jim Crow to the Civil Rights Movement to the new Jim Crow via mass incarceration and mass lynching spanning the course of history, the work of liberation has been a tedious and painful work with unending systemic barriers along the way. And black activists and faith leaders and communities have long carried this burden alone, long before it was popular to take selfies at protests or upload black squares onto our social media. So, Juneteenth celebrates this work. It celebrates freedom written into law 
but the lived reality of freedom for black and indigenous and people of color in our country is still a work in progress. And here we are today with all this on our hearts and minds as we enter into this sacred moment of ordination. We've ordained eight people in our church's eight years, and half of those have been women, and I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> and yet I'm aware that none of us have faced the journey quite like Brittany has to get to this place. Brittany did the work, she has the experience, she got the seminary diploma, and written into her achievement was the assumption that ordination could technically follow at some point. And yet there's dissonance between the official written permission and Brittany's actual lived experience, right? And this morning I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge that navigating life for Brittany as a black woman in ministry has been fraught with challenges and traumas. And it's important that we hold space for this truth because it gives voice to the fact that her presence here right now in this moment is a great act of resilience and it's an act of healing and it's an act of power. Hallelujah, Brittany's here this morning. Praise be to God. On the path to this moment, she has known the highest highs and the lowest lows. I think it's safe to say that Brittany knows a thing or two about death and resurrection. And this is the theme in our lectionary reading from Romans this morning, death and resurrection, and understanding that you can't have one without the other, knowing that hope doesn't come easily, ever, knowing that we cannot be free without understanding what first has us bound, knowing that resurrection cannot speak into our lives without some interaction with death. Dominant narrative, which we say a lot, shaped by kind of a white and polite culture, has urged us to focus on resurrection and sweep death under the rug, sweep the hard stuff under the rug. Or if we talk about death, we talk about personal piety a lot. Instead of acknowledging the real sins keeping our societies bound, the sins of racism and white supremacy and patriarchy, these broad sweeping spanning the course of history sins that have shaped our societies and kept us from love and left the most vulnerable oppressed. I believe these are the sins Jesus faced death on the cross for. Jesus died in solidarity with the suffering. And when we read prophets like James Cone, and other liberation theologians of color, and when we take our cues from the margins like Jesus did in his central teaching of the Beatitudes, then we're able to see how death is still our reality in so many ways. Resurrection isn't over and done with. It's rather our central spiritual practice as Christians. We practice resurrection and the work of resurrection over and over again. And if resurrection means new life, then we know we must be a part of creating new life for all, and new life must be free life. But when we focus only on resurrection, we lose our ability to know solidarity with the suffering, and we put blinders up to the fact that everyone is not yet free. Brittany doesn't do this. 
This is one of the primary reasons Brittany is such a good minister. She doesn't gloss over death in favor of the illusion of resurrection hope. She embraces both death and resurrection and every sacred part of the liminal spaces in between. I have seen this in her life and in her ministry. She walks the Christ road of love and hope with such care and such tender patience and she doesn't rush any of it. She prioritizes healing. She stops and smells the roses, <laughs> bearing witness to each moment like a priest, holding sacred space. She makes way for beauty always, and she invites the rest of us in to behold the face of God. She does all of this without ever denying the realities of death, without going to sleep to the work of the world, with integrity and in good health, she is willing to take that road less traveled every single time. It is the road that leads to that hard-won resurrection hope and the inner wisdom in which she has been gifted by God enables her to do this well. Brittany voiced a New Year's resolution at the start of this year. That resolution was to write more and speak up. I believe these words are prophetic words given straight to her from the Spirit of God, and many of us have already witnessed these words playing out. And I think about our lectionary gospel reading for today, which Kendall read, verses 26 and 27 especially. They say, Nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. This is our lectionary reading for today. This was not the planned day of Brittany's ordination, and yet here we all are in 2020, her year of speaking up, her ordination year. And who knew that 2020 would also bring a worldwide pandemic? <laughs> Combined with a historic moment of shared outrage and grief over the black lived experience in our country, none of us could have foreseen this unique combination of revealing and uncovering all at once. I don't know much, but I know this. Brittany is the kind of faith leader we need in this moment. She is the prophetic voice rising up in these times. It is her time to speak and it is our time to listen. So, it is an honor to be a part of her story and ushering her into the future along with so many other hands and voices today. We're not preparing Brittany for something to be attained. She has come prepared. <laughs> We're not giving her permission to speak. God has already done that. We're here to bear witness to this moment, this holy moment, and to say yes to what has long been true, yeah. that Brittany is a person of God in this world, doing good work, leading and writing and teaching and preaching and that her future while informed by the realities of death is also full of resurrection hope it is hers to receive in full and it is hers to give in full as she leads as ordained clergy so Brittany with this in mind would you come up for a ritual within the ritual <laughs> 